want to talk about reality? We haven't lived in anything remotely close to it since the turn of the century. We turned it off, took out the batteries, snacked on a bag of GMOs while we tossed the remnants in the ever-expanding dumpster of the human condition. branded houses, trademarked by corporations built on bipolar numbers, jumping up and down on digital displays, hypnotizing us into the biggest slumber mankind has ever you seen. Have to dig pretty deep, kiddo, before you can find anything real. We live in a kingdom of bullshit, a kingdom you've lived in for far too long. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, episode 126 for September 4th, 2015. I'm Jason DeFilippo. You're Mr. Chipper. Uh, I'm Brian Schulmeister. Hello, Jason. Hello, Brian. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm a little tired. This is my like 17th podcast this week, so I'm a little pooped myself, but I had some tea. I'm good to go. All right. I've got some tea as well, since we're not in person and I don't have any beer. Yes, no beer this week. Uh, well, there will be plenty of beer, but just not not for the show and not right now. That's very true. Yes, because it is Labor Day weekend here in uh, lovely United States of America, and uh, everybody gets out of work early, and I just don't want to sit in traffic coming back from your place. No, it was a smart decision. We we made it last week that we uh, didn't want to deal with any of the traffic that will be involved with Labor Day weekend. And I don't know about you, Jason, but uh, I don't know, for the past 15 years, I've always had to work over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, this is the first time I actually had it out with my boss <laughs> the other day. I'm like, there were we have like uh, seven calls on Monday that were scheduled. And I'm like, will you be attending? I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Because they were all scheduled before I, I kind of joined the team. And I'm just like, um... I'm going to be at a barbecue in Malibu, so I'm not going to be taking phone calls. And you need to not do it, too. And he's like, yeah, I guess so. so. Yeah. It, the, the irony of, of working on Labor Day weekend is uh, not lost on me. So I'm actually taking this one off as well. I've told all my clients and people that are expecting things that I will not be back working on it until Tuesday. So Till Tuesday. So see you next Tuesday, guys. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's like, so you have, a, you have a link here in our follow-up. Eight ways stress is messing with your health. Which, you know, clickbaity headline, of course. Headline, nothing we haven't heard or known, but uh, certainly topical, because I know you have been under the weather for the past few weeks. Uh, me as well. Um, and it's it's just a good wrap-up, once again, going over the things that we already know about <laughs> killing ourselves with cortisol and adrenaline and listening to you cough all the time. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's when we, when we were first rolling in the show, I'm like, I honestly feel like I have tuberculosis from all the stress I'm under. <laughs> and it's like... I have not stopped coughing for a, probably a month and a half at this point. Well, I mean, the other thing that you aren't considering, Jason, now that you become uh, the podcast man, uh, you're using your voice probably a lot more than you used to. So you might want to look into some of the things and tips and tricks that I've picked up from uh, my various rock star friends over the years who sing and all that. Uh, you're going to want to probably start doing those um, uh, when you do the steam things and you hold your head and you just kind of breathe in the steam and all that all the time. That's, that's going to help you out quite a bit, actually. I'll give that a shot, but this really feels like I've had uh, basically pneumonia for a well, long time. Like it, it, it bubbles when I breathe. Let's just say that that's that's bad. Even better that you aren't here. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I don't think this is catching. I think this is stress induced, and that's why this this article is actually pretty pretty prescient. Yeah, it's all prescient. It's all about the you know we're, our bodies are kind of built to withstand occasional <laughs> jolts of adrenaline and cortisol, but what we're doing with our twenty four seven lifestyle and our cell phones and the constant freakouts uh, is basically killing ourselves with it because it's always running and always hitting us. Uh, the eight big problems that are worsened by such by such stress: uh, heart disease, uh, the common cold, uh, weight gain. I think uh, most programmers understand that one. Certainly doesn't help because we're sitting all the time either. Uh, slower healing, sleep dysfunction, depression, back, neck, and shoulder pain, and ulcers. Uh, I think I have five, <laughs> maybe six of these. I don't have weight gain. I don't know if I have heart disease because I haven't gone to the doctor in 20 years. But uh, they said, I, they said I, I did check out when they, when they cut me open for my leg. They're like, oh, you're fine. It's all good. So maybe I don't have heart disease. But yeah, no weight gain. Everything else on this list? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I certainly remember uh, when we were kind of going through the the initial period of the meltdown of the music industry um, and my stress levels hit basically fever pitch. Uh, I had basically all of that happening. So there's no doubt about that. Uh, what you have to do is just learn not to care. 
and I've gotten much better at that. I know. You see, that's the funny thing. You put the thing about the stress in there, and you're the one that we talked about this last week. You're like the happier one now. I know. It's, I, it's, we have had a role reversal. I, I'm doing this as a service to you, Jason, and to the listeners. I know. I'm probably going to be Stop. dead. I'm going to be dead in a month, and you're going to be just happy as a clam. Stop giving a crap and open up that wine. Uh, oh, well, no problem there. No problem there, my friend. And you know who should be opening up a bottle of wine right about now? Who? Hillary Clinton. I thought we'd just follow up on this because I know you think the whole email thing is a super big deal. I agree it was a big mistake. Bill Maher is on a tear about who gives a fuck about this. Uh, It's still out there. We don't know what's happening. A whole new batch of emails were released on Monday, roughly 150. Uh, The tone of it seems to be that when she got these emails through her personal email account on the email server that she had in her house, which nobody does anymore, so that's so fucking bizarre, it's beyond belief, uh, that these were not confidential at the time or have since been classified un- oh, who the fuck knows what's going yes post they, they've, they've been post classified they like when she sent them uh well it wasn't a big deal then but now it's a big deal so now they're classified and so when she did it it wasn't a big deal right. here's here's the problem she had a fucking email server at her house i don't yeah. care I, and, and bill maher is just such a stooge for the democrats and i don't even care what he says about this not <laughs> my not my problem the problem is she ran an email server out of her house for government business. That's yeah. the pro- that's it's the single issue. So you, bad uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. So and I agree completely. And I don't see this as a as a partisan issue because uh, basically the Republicans have done this in the past as well, uh, particularly Bush and Cheney. Um, we got to get these IT. Not only do we have to get money out of politics, Jason, we got to get these IT people out of politics. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think we need to get IT into politics because there's such terrible IT right now that it's yeah. it's just all over the place. So. Yeah, I agree. So that's where that's at. And uh, big news, Jason. Do you know what today is? Uh, it's Friday, September 4th. No, 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 no <laughs> it's not. Um, it's hashtag Force Friday, the gigantic juggernaut of Disney marketing blitz. Wait, wait, what? It's hashtag Force Friday. I don't know what that is. Well... You are obviously not a geek anymore. Actually, I didn't either, and I'm super excited about the Star Wars movie, obviously, and uh, so excited that I bought Disney stock, which I've been enjoying. Uh, Yet, I had no idea this was going on because uh, I am too old and not a Comic-Con-type person who's interested in collecting uh, toys anymore, and luckily I do not have a child yet who would be (laughs) forcing me to go to Walmart at 6 in the morning this morning or whatever. Uh, The Star Wars collection for the new movie has been released today. And uh, Disney, as only Disney can, has turned this into a massive marketing event uh, where things are going on everywhere, including uh, there are Ubers in New York City streets that are are dollied up to look like stormtrooper cars. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. God. OK. This is the biggest. <laughs> oh, no. I think I've ever seen for anything. And it's a uh, I particularly enjoyed the quote from the press release from StarWars.com, which is uh, this Friday. There will indeed be an awakening dot 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 for Star Wars collectors everywhere. Oh <sighs> uh, yeah, no. It's funny you say you're not you're not a Comic Con type type of guy, and I'm like, I go to Comic Con for the boobs. That's the really really the only reason to go to Comic Con because there are boobs everywhere. Well, why I don't you, go for the toys. Why don't you cut out the middleman, skip Comic Con, and just go to the porn one in Vegas? Uh, a lot for boobs. Uh, actually, no, there's not. I've been to both, and Comic Con is definitely more boob friendly than uh, any <laughs> of the conventions in Vegas. But yeah, I I've given up on you know, all that stuff. I, I, am I'm, I'm post nerd. I I guess it's sad. I, you know, when you put this up here, I'm like, I honestly don't give a Sith. Oh, (laughs) no, that was, how long have you been holding that one in your pocket? About six seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That Jason, good job. Oh, thanks. It was, it was terrible, but yes, I just don't, I just don't care. I have no desire to buy anything anymore. I'm not a kid. I don't have kids. I don't want kids and I don't want more toys. So, yeah. Well, you've replaced your your toys with audio gear. You've become that kind of geek now. <laughs> That's acceptable. Audio gear and guns. That's how I roll. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyways, everybody enjoy your hashtag force your wallet open Friday. Yes, force your. <laughs> that is, that, that's a good one. For, see, how, how long were you sitting on that? Uh, that one I just came up with too. All right. Yeah, it was just I'm about fire today. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get to it the news that whole ashley madison thing just kind of seemed to come and go 
joke. Uh, poof, gone. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, it was here, and now, now it's nothing. This was supposed to tear down the fabric of society. Uh, McAfee was freaking out about this. Uh, uh, CEOs were going to be taken down. Uh, pol- politicians removed from office. Uh, uh, John and Jane Doe, ter- marriages torn apart across the world. What the Cats fuck Cats and happened? dogs living together. <laughs> and, and nothing. Nothing. It's basically almost out of the media now, and the only thing that still is popping up in the media is, hey, there were no chicks on there, and how come nobody figured out they were just talking to bots? I know, that's the funny part. It's like once once they figured out that like nobody was actually getting laid, then it just kind of went away. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. I don't I don't get it. It's like, okay, well, it, it what we want to talk about here is intent, my friend. Um, yes, you were trying to sleep with somebody, even though that there was nobody there. That doesn't mean you weren't doing a bad thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure a lot of marriages are screwed up from this, but uh, yeah, it's it's over. It's done. Uh, yeah, some, yeah. Somebody's going to lose a lot of money. That's it. Basically, uh, came down to uh, Josh Duggar taking the. Uh taking the martyrdom for everybody. Uh, he's the only real, you know, kind of semi-famous person that's been outed about this. And that, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> uh, good, well, good. I mean, you don't want to know. So. Okay, good. I, I, you know what? I'm going to take that as a sign that I should not Google him. Yeah, don't bother. It's, it's, you'll actually end up just being happy that he got, got caught. So, uh, By the way, did you notice Google's new logo? Uh, I did. I, I ate it. And I agree with the uh, article in the New Yorker about why you hate Google's new logo completely. Uh, the old logo had that sense of history to it. It was a uh, very literary. The new logo is fucking Sesame Street. It's it's extremely Sesame Street. That's what I was thinking. That's the word word I was looking for. That's it. Because I'm looking at it, I'm like, this reminds me of something. I don't know what it is, and I yeah. don't like it. And I I know just people hate change. I mean, anytime you change anything, people hate it. But this but one I, was just so like visceral. I'm like, this is just, it, it makes me feel wrong. Yeah. It, it's about, you know, sunny days. Everything's <laughs> a okay. Searching for naked teens on Google all day. Yeah. Uh, well, now we know what you do for when you're sitting home alone, but uh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. that was a little TMI. Uh, thanks. Uh, you know, it's a show, Jason. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It's just, it's so weird. I don't, I don't get it. Well, I mean, you know, what do you expect? They named themselves ABC or Alphabet or whatever the hell they are. It's, it's horrible. Their whole new branding and repositioning is really, really bad. Don't yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, it's so strange. I just don't get okay. it. And I can't wait to be able to see that logo through my Magic Leap contact lenses. Now, this is something I can get behind. I've been waiting for this. I mean, they had that commercial that they did, which was totally <laughs> fake, you know, and just yeah. all rendered. But if they can come anywhere even close to that... That'd be amazing. And they did, what was it, 97 new patents? Uh, nearly 100, I think. Yeah, 97 or so, exactly. This is a, uh, if you don't know who Magic Leap is, it's kind of a pretty secretive Florida-based company, which never gives one hope. Uh, not much comes out of Florida, really. But uh, Google's got a, Google put a shit ton of money into them, and this is going to be basically, uh, their tech is going to blow the hell off Google Glasses, and this is stuff that I'm actually excited for. Uh, if they can get this working and if they can get it working before I'm say 90 years old. Yeah. But, um, uh, Neil Stevenson works there. So that's why I'm saying like, they have to have something that they're not showing us to get him to go there. Uh, okay. But I, again, Neil Stevens, I love Neil Stevenson. He's a brilliant writer and a great thinker. Uh, but Neil Stevenson going to work for a tech company gives me as much hope as Trent Reznor going to work for Apple. How was that working? But yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm sorry, but Neil Stevenson at least wrote Snow Crash. <laughs> that is, yes. Uh, but he, he's the chief futurist, so he's not really like, like what was, what was, what Dude, was Tresner, Tresner, Tresner was there for what? UX. Come on. At I, least at least Neil Stevenson's there to think and make up crazy shit to do. I, I so want that job. I want to be a chief futurist. What was the title that they used in uh, that TV show, uh, Silicon Valley? That was very similar to chief futurist. Oh, I can't even remember because it was probably a real title that somebody actually had. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've met chief happiness officers before. And I just I look at them and I just kind of shake my head and say, your mom must be very proud of you. <laughs> We're yeah, doing nothing. Funny. We're doing nothing. Um, Uber got slapped this week. Oh, there's a surprise. Well, you know, it, it comes and goes. But uh, U.S. District Court Judge Edward Chen has granted Uber drivers class action status. So there's going to be a very large lawsuit against Uber uh, because basically uh, they are not independent contractors. Um, 
They are employees, but uh, Uber claims they are not. And now the judge has said, sue away. Yeah, this will be fun. This will mm-hmm. be fun. Um, and I found one. Uh, it's Uber 2.0, human self-driving cars. Uh-huh. So, which kind of goes into what was going on. So, this is an interesting read because, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Travis Kalanick basically is just, he can't wait to get rid of people. He's like, yeah. I just hate you. I, I don't want you in my car. <laughs> I, yeah. want, I don't want to have to pay you. I don't want to deal with your class action lawsuit bullshit. I just want you gone, and I want to have a self-driving car. Yes. And what made me, like, really excited about, like, just his douchebaggery in this article. I recommend everybody go read it. Mm-hmm. If you think that we're all hyperbole about Uber, uh, read this, come back and talk to us. Wow, this, this article must be so bad that Jason has just fully cast his lot with me on Uber because normally he doesn't. No, this this one was this was bad. <laughs> this is really bad. I mean, it basically says we are just counting the days until we can fire everyone and just keep all the monies ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what I, you know, I was just having a little thought experiment by myself, which I often do, and that's not a euphemism. So yeah, the thought experiment I was having was okay. Well, Uber can go buy a bunch of self driving cars, but. Here's the deal. Somebody that has more money can just go buy more self-driving cars <laughs> and put them out of business. And that would probably be Google. And yep. then I thought, oh, crap. Google is an investor in Uber. Yeah. So that means we're stuck with Uber. Yeah. Uber's not going anywhere. Um, and yeah, this is uh, Uber's plan all along was get rid of everybody. It was never to keep these people. Uh, it was never to be good to people. It was never going to be uh, a wonderful place and a wonderful company that is enriching the lives of millions. It's not. That's not what they're about. They're about firing the fucking firing all of you people and and just making the monies. And they that's, want all the monies. But that's that's ninety nine percent of Web two point companies. That's that's what they're aiming for. And this is what we've been screaming and yelling about on this podcast since day one. It's it's we're moving way too fast. We're getting rid of anybody's ability to make a fucking living and we're automating everything i had a really good conversation well actually i was i was listening to a really good conversation this week with gary vaynerchuk mm-hmm. you know him he's mr uh mr web 2.0 mr social media yeah and he was he, he made a really valid point that's like okay yes we do have a problem with um uh, the consolidation of wealth in this country we do have a problem with the middle class going away Mm-hmm. but he, his valid point was go anywhere else in the world. And we still have it a thousand times better. And we still have the opportunities that nobody no. else has. Oh, no, 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 no. May I direct you to the first five minutes of the, that show that was on HBO newsroom. Just watch. It's on YouTube. Go watch the first five minutes. Go listen to his speech. We do not have it the best. We are 20th, 30th, 50th in lists of many, Many metrics of human happiness and and prosperity. We are no, not. I'm talking about opportunity. I'm talking about opportunity. We still I, have a lot of opportunity. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. No, uh, we don't. Then why are most people driving Uber cars now? Because that's all that's fucking left for them. That's an opportunity. Why are people working <laughs> four or five jobs? Why are people struggling to get by? Why are people with educations living with, in their parents' houses? No, that's a load of shit. Get me on the phone with that guy. I will. I would love to. I would love to have you and Gary go head to head. It's a complete and utter fucking lie. And that is the lie that is sold by Web 2.0 companies. And we know that. And we talk about that every fucking week on this show, Jason. Don't get him into that crap. Oh, my God. Somebody somebody spiked my Kool-Aid. Uh, that, that's my, that must be what it is. Uh, that, that is is provable, complete crap. It, it, that is not what's happening. And there are a million countries, not a million countries, obviously, that's her, <laughs> but there are many countries that are doing way better than us and have way more opportunity than we are. We are dri- How can we be driving the middle class into the ground yet be creating more opportunities? That's not possible. It's not possible. Anyways, <sighs> what a load of shit. <laughs> this is why I need more sleep. <laughs> I had some story about how the cars aren't coming for a while because everything confuses them, but fuck it, now I'm pissed. Oh, no, no, no. Let's talk about the confused cars. Come on. No. You can be pissed. You can be pissed. This is just why we're, we're not going to have automated cars any time in the near future because there are way too many problems with them. They, they can't do what people can do. They get confused by riders on fixed gear bikes. Uh, they'll stop because they're trying to be very safe. And, you know, if you're standing there in a track stand and you just move ever so slightly forward, then it'll stop again. 
and then you stop and you and the bike's holding in position for two or three seconds and the car will start to move. But if you move forward a little bit more, boom, car stops. They're not ready for prime time. They're, oh, they, dude, I told you. I told you the, the easiest hack is to get a stop sign, drive on the freeway in front of one and hold a stop sign out the window and the whole thing will just grind to a halt. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about this problem for quite some time. And I'm sure Uber is very pissed off about that. <laughs> I'm sure they are, too. Security? Ha! Friend of the show, Sean Bonner, does a uh, does a basically when he feels like it mailing list, and he sent one out recently. And there was a bit in there that I found, and uh, I actually really like because I've been aware of this for a while, and and I love it. So, in case you didn't know, I want to read this verbatim. Uh, we have the whole chunk in our show notes at uh, Grumpy Old Geeks slash one twenty six. Is that correct? That is correct. Wow, I knew what we what we were on. Well, it would be grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 126. Oh, yes. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, he's got a couple links in there. If you find my read interesting, please go check this out because it's all pretty cool. So here we go. From Sean Bonner. You know how the TSA since 9-11 has required all checked luggage to be locked using, air quotes, TSA-approved locks so they can open them to check them if needed, and how they promised these secret keys were secure with them, and how security researchers the world over have been saying there is no such thing as a secure backdoor. Well, here's high-res photos of the keys, linked to the keys, which means anyone can copy any of them, and all luggage made since 9-11 is essentially lockless. You feel safer, but be careful looking at those because you might be guilty of a pre-crime. They link talking about that, uh, which you might be. You could be a criminal and not even know it. Luckily, the government will figure that out for you. You can use this form, also a link, to see if they think you're already a terrorist. Now, this was interesting to me because I essentially have this fight with my wife every single time we travel. I have basically given up on putting any locks on my luggage. I just basically throw it. I don't use a lock. I never use one. I don't bother. What's the freaking point? Um, and she always does. And it ends up always being a little mini scuffle whenever we're packing. So I, I need to print this out for her. Okay. I use a lock on my luggage just so it doesn't accidentally come open. <laughs> um, well, I that's, actually, that's honestly the only reason I use a lock because uh, we posted probably in episode 20 a mm-hmm. video of how you can open and close any luggage with a ballpoint pen. Yeah. So the locks, the locks mean nothing anyway. All you do is you stick a pen into the zipper and slide it back and forth. You can open the luggage, do whatever you want to with it, and then just run the zipper back across and it closes like nothing ever happened. So there you go. Uh, so this is, I think this is funny that they, the keys are out there now, but you don't need the keys if you have a big pen. Yeah. So there's that too. A uh, friend of the show, Fergal, sent a link uh, to me that actually, I, now that I'm looking at the the page off of Norton's uh, site, is also written by a friend of the show, Solange. Um, over 225,000 Apple ID credentials are stole, have been stolen from jailbroken iOS devices. So technically, if you uh, jailbreak your device, you're a criminal, so criminals have hacked criminals. No, you can jailbreak your device. Remember... Well, it's legal again now. Huh? Is it, it legal now? It's completely legal because you can jailbreak your phone because... They, um, I can't remember who it was. There was a, there was a lawsuit against the carriers about that. And I swear to God, I wanted to say it was the library of Congress that came up with this. Mm, I'm well, gonna, yeah. Actually, I think you're right. I vaguely remember talking about that. It's just, I've never considered jailbreaking my device. So hang on. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much, uh, the librarian of Congress <laughs> is the. The one that uh, was part of it and the copyright office. Uh, basically, this was this was back in 2010. So you can legally jailbreak your phone. It's just not smart. Yeah, no, it's it's not smart. But, uh, you know, it's uh, that's I like the fact that uh, you can do that. And uh, you'd think I'd remember one of the two bright lights in our security segments. I know. <laughs> you figure after all this time. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Open's on right now. Are you a tennis fan, Jason? Oh, I thought that was golf. <laughs> no, I'm not a tennis fan. I used to play, but uh, no. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either, but apparently during the uh, Panetta Nicolescu match at the U.S. Open, a drone crashed into the stands. Oops. That's <laughs> uh, basically shutting down the uh, the game for a while, and uh, they did a little bit of research, and it was, of course, probably just some idiot. Have they caught him yet? Does not say in the in the thing, in the news report that I'm reading, so. Okay, well. Yeah. That's what happens when your drone runs out of batteries. The NYPD is investigating. They need one of those Tesla batteries in their drones now. Oh, yeah. That actually, Tesla should get into that. Mm. Mm. Give it time. Give it time. (laughs) Uh, So when we were going through something earlier, I saw a, uh, 
I saw an article on Slate that I just had to put in because it breaks all of our standard rules. Should drones have license plates so officials can police them like cars? I don't even have to read this because the answer is going to be no because it is a question. And also, you can just take the license plate off. Well, see, I think they should. I think this is a yes. I think drones should have identifying numbers on them. And if you run across a drone that does not have it, because much like we do with cars, uh, then the police drones can shoot it out of the sky. Well, here's the thing. Every drone has a license plate. It's called a serial number. So when these things land, just get the serial number and say, oh, who bought this? But that means that drone companies are going to have to start, you know, keeping a database of people who own these things and hand it over to the the law enforcement. But you're making an argument that, okay, let's, let's move your argument that you just made to cars again. Uh, all cars have a serial number too, but it's not an identifiable number that connects it to an individual that is an operator. It just connects it back to GM or whoever. So again, the license plate connects it to the operator. The serial number just connects it to the manufacturer. I think drones should have license plates much like cars do. That makes total sense to me. I think that's a no-brainer. Oh, I can, I, I, I can shoot your drone here down out of, the, out of the air because just because you have a license plate on it doesn't mean you are the operator that is tied to that. If I steal a car, same thing if with I the- steal a car, then it's the... It's just another level of connection. Then, yes. Okay. Another level of bureaucracy that is so easily to, easy to game. And these things are so cheap that nobody's going to follow that. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's doing, doing evil and villainy with one of these, it's not like they're going to follow the rules. Oh, God, you've got the gun nut <laughs> argument. Okay, moving on. I can't. I'm telling you, yeah, there's just. You're doing, you're doing the, the gun nut argument, so I can't argue. It's not a gun nut argument. It's, an, it's, an, it's an exact argument that the gun nuts use. It's, uh, we can't take away the guns because then only criminals will have them. That's the dumbest argument in the world. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's a correct argument. You and I will have to agree to disagree <laughs> on this one. I think this is a good idea. You oh, stop, stop. You're breaking up. You totally just broke up. I don't know why. It's weird. Yeah. Say that again. Okay. Uh, we're just going to move on from this one. We're going to agree to disagree. I think this is a good idea. You think it's a bad one. And if we take it any further, then we get into politics and we're going to avoid that. Yeah. I just think it's a way for the government to take more money uh, out of your pocket. We're not moving on, Jason. <laughs> Continue the argument. No, I was just getting the last word. FBI and DEA and others now have to get a warrant to use stingrays. Finally. Why, why bother? Just let them do whatever they want. Right, Jason? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> They have to get they have to get warrants now. We need to have operating licenses for these things. Why bother? Why have warrants? Who cares? Let them do whatever. Well, these are this is the government. Oh, well, criminal governments. <laughs> See, this is this is where we go down the rabbit hole on on security. This is why it's it, it's always fun. Uh, the yeah. Department of Homeland Security is exempt from this currently, though, of course, because they're the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, but uh, other agencies do have to get basically warrants now, and they have to delete the data from phones that are not targeted as part of the warrant. Yeah, well, this is a very good thing, except uh, as you and I both know, Jason, that deletion part never happens. There, there, therein lies the rub. Oh, uh, it'll be in a backup somewhere. We'll get to it eventually or not. Yeah, we'll have somebody just take the drive and put it over in a box somewhere, and we'll consider that deleted. And we'll keep it right next to the uh, Ark of the Covenant back in the, back in the warehouse. <laughs> Comment of the week. All right, uh, we got a couple comments this week. Uh, the first is from Brad uh, from our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. Uh, guys, the Ashley Madison debacle got me thinking about the other sources of life-screwing, career-limiting embarrassment. High on the told-you-so list, Evernote. Imagine the fallout of 150 million Evernote users, or even some percentage of them, having their notes laid bare for all to see. Corp security policies be damned. People save sensitive company and customer data to Evernote all the time. Internal meeting notes, documents, presentations, HR stuff, even recorded audio. It's just too awesome and convenient for salespeople, engineers, or anyone bouncing between multiple devices to ignore. Add to the above all these sensitive personal notes and to-do lists people keep with huge potential for embarrassment. Let your imagination run wild. I'll bet somebody's written it down. People have been pouring their lives into Evernote without a second thought, and unless something's changed, Evernote doesn't encrypt your stored data on their So You can choose to encrypt selected text within a note, but how many know that feature exists, much less bother to use it? 
People make a big deal about iCloud, Google, FB, etc. But Evernote seems like the sleepy, fiery demon of security breach nightmares. Anyway, something for grumpy Evernote users to consider. Um, I mean, I just classify Evernote as as anything that <laughs> any cloud saving device that you're using to store sensitive and personal information, which you should never, ever do. Um, corporate policies probably strictly uh, restrict you doing this sort of stuff with sensitive information, and uh, it's kind of a user be damned. Yeah, well, it, this actually got me thinking a bit because, you know, we, we already know that Dropbox has had problems with security. There's, there's one right there. Um, Evernote, definitely a big target, huge yeah. target. And... Um, I'm, I'm just looking at my taskbar now and just saying, I'm like, okay, what else can uh, people just kind of go into? Well, we already know about Slack. Slack already got hacked. Yep. And um, if anybody really wanted to know what our show was going to be about before, uh, they could certainly hack into our hackpads. Yep. We've got hackpad, which is owned by Dropbox. Yeah. Which they, they keep threatening to open source, but I haven't seen it yet. Nope. Nope. Odd. I haven't seen nothing. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. Any, it basically, if it's in the cloud, it's at risk. Because the cloud, as we all know, it just means somebody else's computer, you know? <laughs> but yep. uh, yeah, I thought, I thought this was good because I just, I, I never even thought about Evernote because I don't put anything sensitive into Evernote because I have a brain, but. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, that's, that's the real issue, right? That's the real security issue. That's, that's why so many, uh, that's why we had the fappening last year or two years ago or however long it was again. Oh, it's a, the fappening. This is the what, best scandal name ever. Scandal <laughs> that uh, Jason has enjoyed beyond all others. Um, it is a, it's people don't think, and this is, it's part of a wider issue. It's part of the problem that uh, I think Jason and I have both experienced in tech uh, since the iPhone came out and everybody thinks that they could do everything by themselves. Now they think they're experts and they think everything's safe and secure. It's fucking not. We all know that. And just because you can use your iPhone doesn't mean you understand tech. That's, <laughs> that's where we're at. And we've got a bunch of people running around uh, thinking that they're safe and secure, as we saw with Ashley Madison. And it'll be the same thing with Evernote if Evernote ever gets hacked. So if you're dumb enough to be putting sensitive information and you're breaking your corporate laws by doing so. Oh, it's not even that, dude. My We had corporate accounts at some of the agencies I worked at. And they're like, just put it in Evernote and we'll do a shared doc and everything's fine. It's, yeah. They they it's didn't even think about it. They they expected Evernote to be you know handling the security. Yeah, and and they're not. And I'm sure that there are there there must be uh, companies and software systems out there that are secure that enable for easy sharing like that. But they probably cost money. And <laughs> who wants to do that? Oh God, yes. Who wants to pay for anything? Wants to pay when it's when this is practically free and convenient. Okay, I got one for you. This comes from Shane Simmons. This is a feedback sent to the website. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, it's about Amanda fucking Palmer. On the other, Neil Gaiman is poking fun at Betteridge's Law of Headlines, which we always talk about and we've actually mentioned already on the show today. So uh, Neil Gaiman wrote a post, says, have I actually been eaten by a bear? Well, obviously the answer would now be no. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, we got that. So uh, I'm trying to figure out why I was forced to go read something about Amanda Palmer again, which I don't really enjoy. Um, I know you are a massive Neil Gaiman fan. Uh, I have enjoyed many of his books, not all of them. Uh, so because I feel compelled to read an article that any listener sends in, I read this and uh, it annoyed me because basically <laughs> it just talks about Amanda Palmer and, you know, I, we have a baby coming and here's a bunch of other shit that I have out this month. So buy it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the entire fucking blog. It's, it's nothing personal. It's like, I'm going to have a baby. Buy my shit. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, the great part is I'm going to go buy his shit because I love Neil Gaiman. <laughs> I know you are, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited because uh, the last issue of the Sandman Overture will be out soon. So very soon. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a mark. I'm a mark for Neil Gaiman. I'm a mark, I'm a mark for Neil Gaiman way more than, than I am a mark for Apple. That should tell you something. That's, that's true, and I actually kind of respect that about you. But it is kind of a <laughs> – I don't know. I, it it – it does feel a little crass to me that he talks about him and his wife having a baby and then proceeds to basically go straight into, and here's my stuff to buy. Dude, man, somebody's got to make a living. Uh, please visit iTunes at uh, grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave us a nice comment. Please do tell a friend. Please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOG, and uh, donate us some ducats so we can buy Neil Gaiman stuff and support his offspring. And uh, yeah, you can leave us a comment at grumpyoldgeeks.com too or at our Twitter, 
grumpy or twitter.com slash GOG podcast. It's hard to remember all this shit. I finished Expatriates, the second book in the uh, X series, I guess, by Peter Klein. And uh, much to uh, my amazement, Jason gave me a really good recommendation. This book was fantastic as well. And I like this one even better than the first because it gets a bit grittier. And this is what I like in in my sci-fi, basically. I I, I like my shades of gray, not 50 of them, but I do like shades of gray. Uh, The heroes aren't necessarily heroes. The bad guys aren't necessarily bad guys. It's not quite so clear cut. Uh, The good guys don't always win. This is good stuff. I'm really enjoying this series. Uh, I am going to have to take a break for it for a while because I had hoped to have already finished Christopher Moore's uh, Secondhand Souls, the new book, which I have not. And Jason and I are desperate to get to the discussion about uh, Oversuccess by Jim Rubens, and neither of us have finished that yet. So that is first on deck. I, Oversuccess first, and then I will get I will somehow hold off on Christopher Moore for a little bit longer. Wow, that's saying something. I know. Well, because I'm, it is Chris Moore. I mean, it's like, man, come on. I, I know, but I, the, the over-success discussion, especially given what we've already talked about on this show and what we'll probably be talking about next week, uh, that needs to happen and we have to get through that book. So Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be talking about it next week because the reason I haven't been able to read over-success is because I've been working so much yeah. and uh, goes in with everything at the beginning. And I think I am going to take your advice and I think I am going to go to the doctor. <laughs> what? Yes, I am. You know, much to my surprise, I, I feel like... Uh, Brian might be right on this one. Drop a marker there. I want to keep that sound clip. I'm going to play it every show. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm going to play that one every show. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited for the Christopher Moore book. I got uh, a dirty job. Again, I downloaded it from Audible. I will listen to it. I won't read yes. it. Yes. Just because people get butt hurt. They say I read it and I listened to it. I'm uh, going to go back through it because I want to, it's been so many years since I've read that book or listen to that book. Uh, and I want to listen to secondhand souls again too. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I, I, I've gotten the first two chapters done with secondhand souls and enough of, uh, enough of a dirty job came back to me that I don't feel the need to go back and do it, but uh, it's already been very funny and it's extremely difficult to keep my hands off of it, but I will for the show. I'm doing it for you people. For you people. Yeah. Uh, going back to a dirty job, I completely forgot the entire, there's a lot of it that I missed. And in listening to it again, I'm like, oh, that's, oh man, that was a lot in here. (laughs) So, and I've also got uh, Old Man's War by John Scalzi that's on deck as well. So that was from, uh, what was his name? Uh, Untitled with Adam Savage. They were talking about the sci-fi stuff that they were really enjoying. So I grabbed that one because that sounded like it'd be pretty good. So we got a lot to do. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I'll I'll just throw this in here instead of a media candy. Uh, They did go back uh, on Untitled and do the final uh, 70s spoiler cast for the third part of the book. And it actually was a little disappointing. I don't know if it was the dynamic because the third guy was back. So it wasn't just two people uh, talking about it kind of more in depth. They had to bring a third person's opinion into it or the fact that maybe that third guy missed the first discussion. So it just wasn't as good. It didn't uh, it didn't fill me with the, the overwhelming desire to go back and read Seven Eves immediately again, like the first spoiler cast did. Well, I also think that, you know, that last part of the book is like the least strong section of the book. And that's that's the part where I'm like, I was really happy just up until they cut it and flip to the next chapter. Um, and they could have just he could have just ended the book there. But so, so that's why I think it, it didn't resonate for me as well. It didn't make me want to go back and read it either. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's the, and your opinion is one of the guys' opinion um, as well. I can't remember who it was, but uh, I, I definitely agreed with Adam Savage. I liked the third part a lot. I think the story needed it because it was so just bleak. And then you got that bit of a, you know, that little bump at the end. And I actually really enjoyed the whole adventure aspect of it. And much like Adam Savage, I would love, love, love to have some some continuation of it and more stories written in that world. But we'll see. We'll so, see, yeah, because Neil Stevenson's busy over at Magic Leap uh, being a futurist. Yeah, great. I read some more books, man. Software, apps, and gadgets. A long time ago, we talked about uh, phantom vibration syndrome. You know, when your leg vibrates and your phone's actually not in your pocket. Or you're just not getting a call and you feel it anyways. Yeah, exactly. I have that occasionally. So you're going to love this one. Just just cue up your jokes because I now have phantom wrist syndrome. You and every 14-year-old boy. Hey, 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 hey. 
No, I, I, I feel haptic responses from my Apple Watch when it's actually not on my wrist. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Haptic responses? They're haptic. Yes, that's what the kids call them. Mm-hmm. But I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I got a, I got a message. Oh, oh, wait, no, I'm not wearing my watch because it's charging. <laughs> oh, boy. Very strange. It's a very strange world we live in. You're telling me. So I bought a new mouse this week. Okay. I bought the Logitech MX Master Wireless Mouse. You can't just wave your watch around? Uh, no, no. I have to wait for the Magic Leap and all that other stuff to come out. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> but I, I got this thing because of uh, the show that we were talking about, Cortex, mm-hmm. with CGP Grey, and uh, how he was talking about how it's great for audio editing and different stuff, and, and, and Mike Hurley. They were talking about how great it's for audio editing because it has a, a scroll wheel on mm-hmm. the side to be able to scrub audio. Yeah, I like that. That's that's super cool. I wish they would have had that back in the day when I was like using Pro Tools all the time. Um, what I don't like is I don't like how it looks. It looks like a 1980s stealth fighter or something, especially with the color scheme. Ugh, that's, that is an ugly-ass mouse. But It I, is very Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, kind of more Battlestar Galactica, like 1970s version. No, and in person, it's very Darth Vader. I've, I'm looking at it right now. Here's the and here's the interesting thing is there's a thumb button at the bottom too, so you can press down, yeah, on where your thumb is, and there's an extra button under there. There's buttons all over this damn thing. There are literally a lot of buttons on this thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've got uh, not this that model obviously. I've got an older Logitech, but it's got one, two, three, four, five, five buttons in a scroll wheel. <laughs> this has eight. Yeah. If you count all of the scroll wheel buttons and the back and forward and the thumb button, it's got eight buttons on it. But and, mine is to 11. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can change all the different settings. It's got a bunch of different stuff. Here's the problem with it. Mm. And here's the problem that is, is really causing me problems. Apple's Magic Mouse? Yeah. You can still scroll side to side by just using a gesture. Yeah. And yeah. That, that alone really kind of defeats the purpose for the other scroll wheel and you can't change the direction of the scroll. So I'm, I'm finding I'm like having to relearn how to use a mouse with it. And I don't like that part. It is unbelievably comfortable to use because it's a little higher up. So it's a little bit better on my wrist. Yeah. Um, and it's Logitech. So the, the build quality is, oh, I'm sorry, it's not Logitech anymore. Isn't it Logie? Uh, they don't seem to have changed their name yet, have they? Ah, uh, they haven't. Uh, yeah. So my Logie MX Master. Uh, it works on glass, which is amazing. I don't need a mouse pad with it. Yeah, that's fantastic. The other problem, though, is it disconnects all the time. That's it completely disconnects. And I, I'm like, I'm trying to use my mouse. And my mouse doesn't work. And this is, this is something that's come up with a couple of my other friends who also have Apple mice. Um, and I don't know if it was an update with the latest OS on Apple. A lot of people I know, their mice just disconnect. Like Bluetooth is screwed up right now. I don't right. know what it is. And I've, I've, here, here's the other fun problem. And then the reason I got this Logitech my, uh, mouse was my Apple mouse stopped doing uh, vertical. Like I, I'll, be, I'll be working on something and I can't move it up or down. It'll only go side to side. That's not helpful. No, it's not. And here's the crazy part. I have two Apple mice, uh, two Apple Magic mice, and it does it the same on both of them. So it's not the mouse itself. The mouse isn't broken. There's something inside the OS that's broken. So I don't know what this is, but it's a major problem. And it's, you know, uh, my friend Jordan, he just said, screw it. And just got a wired mouse (laughs) and is using an actual old school wired mouse right now because the problem is so bad. So if if you're having that problem, drop us a note at grumpyoldgeeks.com and let me know, because I'm curious to find out if anybody else is having this weird ass issue. Yeah, that's going to be strange. So I'm going to keep the Logitech. I'm going to try and get used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but for now, it's like when I have to do, I'm, I'm editing like 20 hours of audio a week and like changing a workflow in the middle of that is really hard. So I, I'm going to work my way into it. The fun part is they both work at the same time. So I literally have two mice on my desk <laughs> and I can go back and forth between them. Really, really bizarre. Okay. So um, do you remember Net Newswire? I remember you telling me about it. Oh, because you were never a big RSS guy, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, NetNewsWire was one of the premier RSS readers back in the day, and they're back. They've come back from a new company called Black Pixel, who I don't know. Um, but it's uh, I, I, I'm stuck with Reader, but I just thought it was funny that NetNewsWire just came back from the dead. 
<laughs> I prefer I, pre- I prefer the Reader app because it works on both my my Mac and my iPhone and my iPad, and it syncs everything. Yeah, I would. That would be a requirement for me for for an app like this because, uh, especially for what you and I are doing with it, it's I I need to be able to have access to it from anything. I can't just be sitting in front of my computer. Yeah, most weeks what I'll do is I'll sit in bed and and like uh, I'll have an hour when I wake up in the morning to just go through the news and kind of clear everything out and put them in the notes for our show the, for the week. Mm-hmm. And being able to do it on the iPad and then when I get back to my Mac to have everything synced up so I don't have to look at the same articles again is fantastic. Yeah, and it's I mean. It, it'll, it'll cost you a few bucks. It's not a free app, but it works really well. Cool. I'm going to skip the NetNewsWire, though, because I've paid for so many versions of NetNewsWire <laughs> that they should give it to me for free, damn it. They, they probably should. Um, now, you opened the show with Star Wars Day, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, may the fourth be with you and all that crap. Um, now, Mashable has a write-up on the new BB-8 droid toy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want one. Again, they 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 were pimping it on the Today Show this morning. They had the toy out and they were rolling it around. Uh, this looks cool as hell. The size is somewhat deceptive. It's a lot smaller than you think it's going to be. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I looked at this. Uh, I look at the. I can look at my Facebook feed right now, and it is covered with the demo videos of this mm-hmm. thing. And I just hear ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. I got Disney stock at the goddamn right time. Yeah, I should next time you do that, give me a fucking heads up, man. I told everyone I was, I've said it on the show. I'm getting Disney stock. How could you not? The only possibility of me losing money is if the movie sucked. And this toy is cool enough to tell me that that won't even matter. They're going to sell millions of these things. And they're 150 bucks. It will be the toy for Christmas for kids. Yeah. I, well, I just need to go find a kid and play with theirs then. You don't need to get a kid. This comes with an app and everything. <laughs> control the damn thing with an app this is unbelievable this is one of the this is when i start to get really pissed off about being old i'm like kids these days i had a i used a fucking stick and pretended it was a lifesaver lifesaver <laughs> you guys get fucking functioning robots and you actually get lightsabers now we yeah we use sticks sticks back in the day and we'd paint we'd spray paint them blue and red <laughs> my god the amount of money these people are going to rake in Oh man, maybe it's not too late. Maybe I can go get some Disney now. Although after today, it's probably going to drop again. Well, you probably can't get Disney because you are actually taking another one of my recommendations. Uh, add that to the list of things I was completely right about. You are dropping some serious coin to pick up a Henry Miller Mira 2 chair, which is what I'm sitting in right now. Yeah, after coming to your house and doing the show with you, you made a very good point about that chair. Besides the fact that you were like, this is the co- most comfortable chair I've ever owned. It's mm-hmm. completely silent. It is silent. I can, I, I can, I'm whizzing around right now on my hardwood floors and you cannot hear a goddamn thing. I am in a, like a $70 Staples special, you know, one of those black, like faux leather chairs that they sell mm-hmm. that I've had for about, you know, nine years that it, it creaks, it squeaks, it's terrible. And yeah. this is actually an investment for me because I'm going to have it for 10 years, but I also spend about three hours a week, probably editing out squeaks from my damn chair. So I'm looking at this as, as as saving money, not spending money. Yeah, not only is it all silent, it's just uh, this is the most comfortable chair I've ever owned in my life. And if you do what we do and you're sitting a lot, uh, you need to treat your butt right and spend the coin. And it's not a cheap chair. Oh, it's, God, no, it's not cheap. But it's, it's not the most expensive chair out there, but it's not cheap. Uh, but it is, again, it's like I had the air on. I had that thing for at least 12 years. It's an investment. This chair is going to last me 10 to 15 years, and it is stunningly comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I've had Herman Miller chairs before. I never had an Aeron, but I had some really nice uh, chairs that I got. Uh, Shenny, Shenny from Boing Boing sold me one of hers mm-hmm. that was like 1200 bucks, And it was like one of those contoured ones where you sit down and it's like contoured for, the, for your butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it just like I, I sat down and I'm like, oh, this is silly. And if you sit down in it wrong and then you just land on your nuts and it's like, oh, that, that sucked. But I had that chair for about seven years and it was the most comfortable chair I've ever owned. So Herman Miller makes good stuff. Yes. Yes, they do. So next week we'll have a full review <laughs> of your new chair and how your butt feels, how my butt feels. That will be the title of the next episode. How's Jason's butt. Here's what I want uh, to have happen next week. I want uh, Jason to be sitting in his new chair uh, that I recommended and is totally awesome using the headphones that I recommended that are totally awesome and be feeling better because I told him he better get his ass to the doctor because I'm totally awesome. 
you're you're letting this get to your head, man. I, I like the first 150 episodes where you were wrong every week. This this you being right is just not working for me. Go back and check the tape. Media candy. I know you're going to be shocked by this, Jason, but I actually uh, took your advice again, and I, I listened or listened. I'm starting to do what you do with books. <laughs> watched. I watched. Uh, Mr. Robot, and not only did I watch one episode, which I normally never do with the shows that you tell me to go watch, I, I saw them all, including the finale that was delayed. So I am up to speed on Mr. Robot. I have seen the entire first season, and I am ready to discuss this. Okay, this is going to be a spoiler alert here, because we're going to talk about it, and since all ten episodes are out, you can go back and watch them, but skip ahead a few minutes if you don't want any spoilers. And we did open the show with a sound clip from the finale which i just i loved that clip but um uh, well do you want me to start my my uh my review with my thoughts on that clip i do believe you should begin it sounds like a, a toss off from the cutting room floor from flight club absolutely this this show was obviously engineered geared bolted together to appeal to you and i so specifically and any anytime I run across something like that, it gets my hackles up and I get a little worried. The show wasn't bad, but it is a mishmash of every sci-fi trope that I've grown up with. I, I would call it utterly derivative. Exactly. It is the Matrix meets Fight Club meets Blade Runner. And there's even the touch of Star Wars. Oh, and, and, and some V for Vendetta. Don't forget that. Vendetta. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dexter. A, little, Dexter. a little touch of Star Wars with uh, you're my sister. Oh yeah! <laughs> I almost at that point I'd had enough of the, of the fucking pop culture references. This is the TV version of Ernst Klein's Armada. It is oh, interesting slammed together, and they've it's a very David Fincher esque to the point where they even got uh, basically a poor man's Trent Reznor because he's way too busy doing UI over at Apple right now. Uh, some guy named Mac Quayle who basically does Trent Reznor esque soundtracks. Well, you notice the giant uh, thing at the beginning where it says "with anonymous content." Yeah. At the beginning, anonymous content is David Fincher's company. Okay, well, there you go. So that makes a lot of sense why it feels and looks that way uh, and sounds that way. Um, it was okay. It, it just... And, it, and, and just to clarify, it's not David Fincher's company himself, but he worked there. I, uh, know, that he, I know that he worked at anonymous content at well, some point. It's not David Fincher because it's not the right color scheme, but it's using a slightly different color scheme. Uh, it just it beyond derivative. Uh, did I enjoy it? Yes. Uh, was I frustrated by it? Did I think it should be better? Did I think all they were doing were stealing good bits from other shows or books or films? Yes. Yes. And also they did uh, True Detective 1 and 2. Yeah. Well, we all know my thoughts on True Detective already, too. Um, uh, what did you think of True Detective Season 1? I thought you liked it. Season 1 was was Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm, you know, I, had, I had issues with Matthew McConaughey being in it. But, uh, Time it was, is a flat circle. You know, thousands of times better than <laughs> True Detective 2. Um, I didn't even bother. But let's I, get back to Mr. Robot here because I actually, even though I had, I was so torn the entire time because I loved it and I hated it because I knew what they were doing, but I yeah. still loved it. That was the problem I had with it. See, and, I'm on the fence about if I love it or not because I felt manipulated. You can't, You named a main character Tyrell from Blade Runner. Come on. <laughs> I didn't even come on. I didn't even catch that one. Oh my God. I'm an idiot I, named Tyrell. It's straight out of Blade Runner. And then the whole, you're my sister thing from star Wars was that's, that's when I just like, I almost tuned out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know if I'm going to watch the second season. I really don't. Uh, the acting was decent. Uh, obviously all the tech aspects of it, I mean, was spot on and points to them for that. I mean, that was really, really well done. All the hacking sequences, all of that is basically how you would actually really do it. Uh, I liked all of that stuff. I just, I felt manipulated and I felt like all I was doing was playing like I did when I read Armana, all I was doing was playing the game of where did they get this from? Yeah, that was kind of a lot of it. And that's what really kind of just turned me off to it. But, oh man, it's... You know, it's Sam I'm, I'm just such a huge Christian Slater mark that I just love <laughs> anything that he's in. And it was fun to see him back on TV and actually being like, you know, a main character and the twists and turns that they did with with his character. Oh, was, God. Oh, that five episodes out. I did not. I'd see. I totally did not see that coming. 
Okay. Uh, it well, it, it's it, it really kind of culminated in episode nine when you find out that he's not actually there. <laughs> you know, again, that was the Fight Club. That was the Fight Club scene, and I was just like, oh shit, this kid's actually just crazy. The main plot take down the financial sectors Fight Club. The fact that the actual <laughs> main character isn't real and is in the other person's head Fight Club. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It's it's mostly Fight Club. Yeah, that's uh, that's the really. That's the really annoying part of it because it's like, I've seen fight club. I know fight club. <laughs> Let's not do that again. Say there was, there was nothing original about it. Nothing. Absolutely. There wasn't a single original bit. This is like a, you know, early eighties hip hop sampling. There, there wasn't a real original instrument in this. It was all just bits and pieces from other bits of sci-fi. Yeah, it was, it was cobbled together. I, I liked how they did it. Um, just because I, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I wish I had never seen anything else that it was based on. That was really the problem. Yes. If I, if I had never been involved in any sci-fi ever throughout my life, I would think this is the most groundbreaking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The problem is now we know that it is actually the exact opposite. <laughs> That's the problem. So I guess the question is for season two, now that they've mined every single bit of influential sci-fi in the world, what are they going to do? Uh, maybe they'll like move over to Disney and they'll go frozen. I'm actually not even sure they can do a season two. I mean, what are they going to do? The The financial system has collapsed. That's why fight club ends there. What yeah. do you do next? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. At least fight club had the pixies. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's well done. It's just beyond derivative. Yeah. And that's the, that's the biggest problem I had. I finished watching the, uh, the finale this morning mm -hmm. and I was just like, Okay, but, that, well, that was it. it. It felt like just a letdown. We got to talk about that a little bit, too, because they, they delayed the finale because of a scene that was too determined to be, you know, too true to real life because there had just been all the shootings. But even that scene's been in a ton of movies. There, there's no lack of movies where somebody has shot themselves on camera. That's that's happened tons of times in yeah. TV shows. So even that wasn't shocking or new. No, and, and there's been actual incidences where people have killed yes, themselves it, on TV. It's not like, yes, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is a very famous one. And they, they were very true to that mm -hmm. with the, the way they did the blood splatter out of the nose and all that. You, you know the exact scene I'm talking about because they played it at all the goth clubs we used to go to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A little premonition for the next segment. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm seriously on the fence with this one. I really liked watching it but i i did feel completely manipulated and kind of just was like what, what oh dude come on get i thought they were going to take the ideas farther instead of just rehashing the exact same ideas yeah but they didn't uh that's the problem and yeah i i liked i i didn't not enjoy watching it but it did start to just become a game for me Again, like you didn't even catch the Terrell thing. I basically watched the last six episodes by the time I'd caught and gone to the fact that this is just a basically Frankenstein monster of a dystopian sci-fi. I just started to play the game of, okay, where's this from? Okay, where's that from? Okay, where's this from? <laughs> you know what this actually made me really feel like going back and watching was Utopia. Yeah. yeah. Because that was original and it was fun and it was disturbing. And, and well, speaking of David Fincher, he's the one that basically killed that because he's redoing it for HBO right now. Yeah, I mean, but again, everything that they cobbled together from was original the first time around. Fight Club was original. Uh, Blade Runner was totally original the first time around. Uh, but now it's, you know, now it's just been rehashed into a TV show that's getting a shit ton of good press. Man, they got a good PR agency. I know, but here, here oh, the other thing that really bothered me was their, their co-opting of the anonymous masks. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they did that as well. So, but... Uh, that I felt, but they should have actually done the the same masks instead of doing this this horrible mustache poofy thing. Well, they, you don't want to piss off anonymous. This is that again. The, the people or, that, or I'm sorry, DC Comics. The people that are theoretically in anonymous are the target audience that this has been crafted for. <laughs> and true that, true that. So yeah, yeah all in all, it was it, it's a ham ham handed kind of just rehashing of everything that we've ever seen before. Well, I, but this, it was well done. That's the. It, it uh, was done, and I'm still trying to decide if there's something insulting about it or not. Yeah, yeah same here. Yeah, so we'll. Uh, I got to sit with it, and I really, it's. I'm going to be beyond curious to see what they try to do next for season two, because they're really. I, I, there's a reason there was never a Fight Club two. <laughs> we'll see.
<laughs> uh, actually, there is a Fight Club too. It's uh, Chuck Fallon did it in uh, comics, comic form. Just came out. Never seen it, so I'll have to check. <laughs> well, now we know what the plot of season two of Mr. Robot will be. Then. <laughs> okay, so if you guys have watched it and you're still listening to us after we bagged on it and, and loved it at the same time, send us your thoughts. Go to grumpyoldgeeks.com and uh, click on the contact button and just let us know what you think of it because it'd be fun to get some more some more opinions in here, I think. I agree. I'd love to hear what people think. Moron of the week. It's that most wonderful time of the year where in days past, uh, Venice, all the crazy artists in Venice would clear out and drive up to the playa in the Nevada desert and Black Rock City and basically leave us all alone here for about two weeks and do their Burning Man thing. Nowadays, basically, uh, they can't afford to go, so they're all here just kind of doing it here, and San Francisco billionaires are emptying out into the Burning Man Playa. Uh, and-, and, and I got to say that it is the best it is the best time in San Francisco to go visit when Burning Man's going on because you can actually park. Yeah, yeah. Well, it used to be the best time here, but now, now you know, the artists can't go anymore. And to illustrate the change, uh, I found a link on uh, leadgenius.com called Prospecting on the Playa, 19 Tips to Network and Generate Leads at Burning Man. You, I, I want to know why you were on leadgenius.com. Uh, well, I, I, this actually probably crossed in my Facebook feed because a bunch of my friends are original burners, and I think they're quite pissed off about this as well. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a guide to basically, you know, marketing and networking <laughs> yourselves while you're out at Burning Man being all counter culture, except you're not Not <laughs> anymore, it's, yeah. You know, there's there's even hashtag everything guides, hashtag Burning Man, hashtag Playa, hashtag Black Rock City to make sure that people know you're there. There's a TEDx Black Rock City. Okay, that right there. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, it says TEDx Black Rock City has become too commercial in recent years. It's like, oh my <laughs> God. Wow, this entire article is just uh, the, it just lets you know it's over. It is so over, people. Oh, okay. And and this is this is the the one that got me. I, I'm flipping through this. I'm like, this is the douchiest thing I've ever read in my life. And then it got even more douchey. Yeah. Steampunk is out. Health goth is in. I'm not entirely sure what health goth is. I, I was a goth. <laughs> I do remember, and this is going to be offensive to some, but this is what we did when we were 14 years old. Uh, we did have a term for certain goths that could probably use this. Uh, it was BFGs, which is big fat goths. So, well, this is the this is the actual antithesis of the BFG because if you go to healthgoth.com, they have a manifesto and a video. So this will be linked in the show notes, and I recommend everybody go check it out because it is it is chuckle worthy. Uh, I can't believe this exists. Um, I it's very funny. I, I I see that there is music and there's some SoundCloud mixes, so I will check those out and see what healthy what the healthy goths are working out to these days, and let you know if that uh, matches with the music I listen to. Okay, yeah, this is oh yeah, moron of the week just doesn't really kind of do this justice, does it? Hey, Kanye, you got off easy this week. Closing shout outs. It's time for Dodger baseball. Uh, my closing shout out is to my Los Angeles Dodgers, who basically swept the San Francisco Giants, pretty much ensuring that we will win the division. Screw you, San Fran. And the bigger shout-out goes to Vin Scully, uh, the famous uh, broadcaster, one of the last of the original left, and he has signed on to do one more year, which uh, fills my heart with glee. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. How did the Cubs do? Actually, I think they're doing all right, but I don't pay attention to that division. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't pay attention to baseball, but uh, it's it's all you on the baseball, man. So my shout out is for Japan. I'm going. I know. I heard we actually might have to talk about potentially taking a grumpy old geeks hiatus because we are both traveling in the same month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be there October 19th to the 27th. I'm going to Tokyo, Kyoto and Osaka. That sounds amazing. I am very jealous. So you have you made your reservation so you can have a uh, go have the dream of sushi with hero. I can't get into that um, because the impetus for this is my friend Jordan Harbond was over there and he posted a picture of him with Jiro. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. We can't actually go out and have adventures. <laughs> and I'm like, and I just went out and booked my ticket. Um, I've been getting so many tips from so many people on what to do over there. And I've been introduced to so many new people. My friend, Mark Cantor, who uh, you may know was the guy who wrote director way back in the day. Yeah. He introduced me to some crazy people over there. Uh, like jazz musicians and artists. Uh, so this is an art trip. I'm taking my camera. 
I'm just going to be taking pictures and hanging out with crazy people. I've actually got a call later with, with friend of the show, Sean Bonner, to talk about where to stay because he's a, a Japan, Japan expert. Yeah. And um, uh, I've only been to Tokyo, but uh, Sean's going to give you way better recommendations than I could anyway. So, yeah. And Dr. Teeter is like, you have to go to Osaka because that's where the best food is. I'm like, okay. And uh, everybody says you have to go to Kyoto and see the temples. So I'm going to do it. I'm going there for seven days by myself. I don't speak Japanese and I'm just going to go have an adventure and get the hell out of the house because I'm getting a little stir crazy, as you can tell. Awesome, man. I'm that super happy for you. You're going to have an amazing time. And actually, uh, not speaking Japanese isn't going to be too big of a deal for you. The The biggest hurdle that I had was trying to figure out the automated ticket machines to get on the trains. That was rough. Well, but- here, here was the other tip I got. I can buy all my train passes here and okay. save a ton of money. It's crazy. It's 250 bucks for my train the entire time I'm there. Unlimited. It's like a URL pass. Right. 50 bucks unlimited data SIM card for my phone. It's nuts. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, and absolutely make sure you get the hot coffee out of the vending machines. The can oh. comes out cold. You open it and the damn thing heats up. It's so awesome. Oh, yeah. There's, I'm sure there's no chemicals in that. <laughs> uh, who cares? It's cool as shit. Uh, so but I also, but no, but also I got to go to the, the cat cafe. Oh, of course you do. Because it's, we're on the internet. We have to, I have to take a picture at the cat cafe. Come on. I agree. I agree. You definitely have to. Uh, you're heading off to Japan. I am heading off to Europe uh, in October as well. A couple of days in London, then going off and traveling around Germany because uh, I haven't been for a very long time and my wife has never been and she wants to see it. And as part of that trip, I'm super excited about this. I will be seeing the World Cup winning German national team play a European championship qualifying game against the country of Georgia. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, so I'm totally looking forward to that. I get to see the uh, entire team that basically won the World Cup uh, play live in Leipzig, Germany, with a gigantic stein of beer in my hand. I'm super excited. Uh, anyways, uh, we both have some really good travel, so we're going to have to have some offline discussion, I think, and and uh, sort out a calendar, and then we'll let you guys know next week probably what we're thinking in terms of our schedule for for that month. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, and if you're in any of those places that we're going to be, Love to have, or at least for me, I'd love to have have a Sapporo or a <laughs> Kieran, and uh, get to meet some people while I'm traveling. Because, I, like I said, I'm going to be by myself over there, just kind of kicking it and having a good time. Yeah, it's always fun, man. I, I used to love traveling alone. I kind of miss it. Grass is always greener, Jason. Yeah, it is. It is. Thanks for listening. I am Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at JPD.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Until next time. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars. Or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. Find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stachansky. Follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 126.